baptism tank is here. We're ready. God is going to talk to us. Let's all stand and go to Acts chapter 20 and verse 16. I'm glad you're here. If you're a guest watching online, thank you. If you're a guest today in the service, thank you. Hope to get to meet you before you go. Love to get to meet you. We care about you. And we're looking forward to what the Lord is going to say to us today. All right, Acts chapter 20, 16. Thank you, men, for coming up here today. I'll, I'll, be, I'll, be needing, I'll be needing some help today. Acts 20 and 16. For Paul had decided to sail past Ephesus so that he would not have to spend time in Asia, for he was hurrying to be at Jerusalem, if possible, on the day of Pentecost. Verse 17. From Miletus he sent to Ephesus and called for the elders of the church. Everybody see the elders of the church. The Apostle Paul wanted to have a meeting with the elders of the church. These are not just the saints. These are those in authority because there, there are men of God in authority over the saints in the church. That's why they're called elders and not saints. Saints don't have authority over the elders. The elder has authority over the saint. That is the way God set up his church. I didn't set it up that way. God did. God wants you to listen to just dirt, dirt flesh men that he uses. That's what he wants for me and for you. There are elders in our lives. There are authorities in our lives. If you don't like that, you don't like God. You don't like the kingdom of God. That's just the way it is. It's just the way it is. And it's a blessing. And that's what this is about. Paul wants to assemble the elders. The, that's a bishop. That's an overseer. A pastor. There's lots of words for it. Shepherd. And he wants to talk to them. Now keep in mind, y'all, this is one of the last things he'll ever say. Because he's about to never see these people again. It's a sad moment. He's going he's to be beheaded soon. And this is some of the last words he says to the elders. You know why he talked to the elders? Because the elders are in charge. And if the elders are right, the church is going to grow. If the people listen to the elders, the whole thing grows. The whole thing works. So he, met, he couldn't meet with all of them, so he met with the elders, the ones who run things, or at least are supposed to run things. And he met with them, and this is what happened in verse 18. And when, he had come to, when, when they had come to him, he said to them, you know from the first day that I came to Asia in what manner I always lived among you. You know me because I've been around you so much. You know me. You don't just hear me. You know me. you got to know the elder, not just hear the elder. It takes time to know the elder. You can't just know the elder on YouTube. you got to know the elder in the office. You know the elder at the dinner table. You know the elder every Wednesday night if you come to church on Wednesday night. You know the elder. Weekly, often, you know me. Do you know me? Do you know the authority in your life? Not just do you listen to me, do you know me? I measure a man more off of who he is than what he says. But we're living in a day right now, they'll cut you for what you say. Even though you are someone quality, they'll leave you over one word you said. But Paul said, forget all the words. Do you even know who I am? Look at my life and then decide if you want to listen to me. 
That's what Paul is saying. And that just makes sense to me. I get that. Verse 19, serving the Lord with all humility, with many tears and trials, which happened to me by the plotting of the Jews, how I kept back nothing that was helpful, but proclaimed it to you anyway, even though it was tough, and taught you publicly from house to house, because they, they didn't get to have the churches like we do, testifying to Jews and also to Greeks, repentance toward God and faith toward our Lord Jesus Christ. He said, I went through trials and I still preached because it's about you getting to know about him. I went through tough times, but I still preached for you. I still loved you. I still took care of you. Verse 26, therefore, I testify to you all, to you this day, that I am innocent of the blood of all men, for I have not shunned to declare to you the whole counsel of God. I'm innocent because I didn't hold back. I preached the truth to you. You know, why is he talking this way? He's about to die. He's looking at his life. He's measuring his ministry. And he's saying, I can go to my death because I preached to you even when I didn't feel like it. And I didn't hold back anything. I didn't shun anything. I gave you what you needed to have because this stuff is serious. And I preached to you. He's almost kind of given his farewell speech. It's very sober, very serious. Therefore, take heed to yourselves and to all the flock. Take care of yourself, elder, and take care of all the flocks that you manage. It's his farewell speech. Among which the Holy Spirit has made you the overseers. They did not make themselves the pastors. God did. You got to believe that. Guys up here, our leadership team, they're just men. God put us in power. Oh, it must be nice to have power. No, it's not. No, it's not. His head's about to get cut off. It must be nice to be a pastor. Nobody's coming for your head. Nobody's mad at you because you preach the truth. You get to be the cool kid in church. You get to be the saint everybody loves. Must be nice to have power. No, it's, it's a lot of pain. But somebody's got to do it. So he's warning them. He says, you elders, you're going to shepherd the church of God, verse 28, which he purchased with his own blood. You've got to take care of my church. I died for him. When you feel like quitting, you remember I died for him. You take care of my people. You love them like I love them. Verse 29, for this, for I, for I know this, uh, that after my departure, savage wolves will come in among you. Why do they come in after Paul's gone? Because ain't nobody messed with Paul. He was tried in the fire. He was an apostle. He knew the, he knew the old and the new. He, he had it all figured out. Nobody messed with him. He was the head, one of the head honchos of the church. And he said, but when I'm not around... Get ready. There's about to be all kinds of drama among you in your churches. It's not weird to have church drama. You know what it takes? It just takes an authority to step up and deal with it. Paul said, be a little more careful when the strong man's out. Because when the strong man's out, you got to be the strong man. 
because I can no longer be here. Elders, you've got to be strong because wolves are going to try to come in and mess up the flock of God that Jesus died for. And Paul said, we ain't having that up in the church. Hey, y'all, it ain't all rosy in the church. Yeah, it's, it's a fight. And these wolves are going to come in, and they're not going to spare the flock in verse 29. Also from among yourselves, men will rise up. Not, not just wolves, but, but just men. Just flesh, just people having a bad day. Speaking perverse things to draw away the disciples. Is this in the Bible, Brother Smith? To draw away the disciples. You, somebody say that to me. There are going to be people trying to draw you away from Paul. Draw you away from elders. Draw you away from truth. Draw you out of the flock of God. That's a real thing. It hasn't stopped. It's still happening. And it's happened since I've been in this church. And we're going to talk about it today. Because it's not going to keep happening. There's too many precious souls that he died for. To let some wolves mess you up. So today the pastor is going to step up in here. And we're going to deal with it. Because you need to go to heaven. And there are liars among us. And there have been liars among us. And there have been deceivers among us. And my job as a pastor is to deal with the wolves. You can listen to a preacher online if you want to. My job is to pastor. I don't have to be the best preacher. I have to be the best pastor. So I had a revelation, man. I don't have to preach good. I have to love the flock and protect you. That's it. God's going to do all the other stuff. i just got to be there. And I've got to warn you. And I've got to sometimes call out the deception and say, that ain't right. I'm sorry you're mad at me, but that ain't right. And that's what the Lord wants to, to talk to us about today. Because we can't have you getting drawn out. Verse 31, therefore, everybody say watch. And remember that for three years I did not cease to warn everyone night and day with tears. Y'all, this must be pretty major if he's having to warn every day, night and day, with tears in his eyes. You think things have changed? They haven't changed. You know what's changed? We're smarter now. Our evil is more evil. Now, these days, our saints know how to look perfect and kill you behind your back. It's worse now. People smarter now. They're snakes. And it's still real. And you just wonder why people don't make it. It's because they need a pastor. Everybody say in Jesus' name. My title today, Do You Want a Preacher or a Pastor? Do you want a preacher or a pastor? You can be seated today. I've been pastoring for four years now, and I'm almost everyone's pastor. Almost. Not quite everybody yet. Four years pastoring, and I'm almost, catch the words here, everyone's pastor. Just because you come to this church doesn't mean I'm your pastor. 
In fact, I don't even know I'm your pastor until I have to tell you something you disagree with. And in that moment, I find out who I really was to you. I have been everyone's preacher for four years. When I first came here, we saw great growth. It seemed like so many new people were coming, and Bishop was the pastor. I was just the assistant. I was preaching most of the time. He was the nice uh, elder, long-term, great reputation, taking care of all the trouble. And I was the preacher. And people like my preaching. And, man, he's going to be a great pastor because he's a great preacher. No, that's not how it works. You can be a great preacher and be a horrible pastor. And I wish I could just preach for my paycheck. That's fun right there. I wish I could just be your preacher and eat fried chicken and play golf. Two things I do very little of, if at all. I wish I could just be your preacher because, boy, that would be an easy paycheck. I wish I could just come up here on Sunday and just throw down and jump and stand on the pulpit and take my tie off and sweat and jump and have a cool message and just go have fun the rest of the week and fish and hunt like all the other pastors. Oh, you didn't know they did that. Yep, most of them do. It's sad. Especially the ones with the smaller churches. You'd think they'd be the busiest reaching their cities, but strange. I'm a pretty transparent guy. You're going to find that out today. I noticed when I started dealing with things that people started to get a little uncomfortable. I noticed when I didn't just preach, but I started, I started getting up in their business. I noticed people didn't like that. And I had a choice to make. Either I'm going to be the pastor or I'm going to be the preacher. I had a little, uh, little learning curve there for a little while, trying to figure out how to be a pastor. Because when you're a pastor and people hurt you, there's a little learning curve. And you've got to face a crossroads where you decide if you truly love them or not. And there's a little bit of a bump, speed bump you hit, where it's kind of like, how do I respond? And I think I figured out how to do it in these four years. But you start digging in and dealing with stuff, and all of a sudden the saints get a little frustrated and start thinking, this guy can preach good, but I don't know about him getting in my business. Is there a church somewhere that I can go where the pastor just preaches and doesn't get in my business? Yes, there are. There are churches in the area like that. Yep. But it wasn't really the new converts who cause any problems with me. In fact, a lot of the new converts like me really good because they know they're sinners. I'm, I'm preaching really good right now. It doesn't seem like it. But. but the new folks come in saying, I still have the scars from last night in my arm. I know I need Jesus. The new converts come in and they got smoke on their breath and they're addicted. And they're like, you know what? I think I'll have a pastor in my life because I kind of have a lot of problems. And in fact, I'd like to have someone like you pray for me. I'd like to have someone like you rescue me. The idea of a shepherd on my lost soul is sounding pretty good, but it's the religious hypocrites that can't stand a pastor. It's the truth. 
That's the way it worked out. Or it was the gossip that got to just good, innocent people. Boy, there was a lot of that for a while. A lot of behind-the-back slander. Which should never happen because the Bible says when you're offended by someone, you go to them. Not to the saint across the church about something we could have worked out in five minutes. But it made you powerful because you got dirt on somebody else. Religious folks. Just like Jesus got mad at him all the time. So some have left our church on good terms. Thank God for that. But sometimes it's the will of God to go, transfer, and we, we wish the best for those people. And sometimes people left our church and it wasn't on good terms. Some people have actually lied to me about why they left to my face. <laughs> and then they'll go tell you the truth. They're liars. Your best friend was a liar. Because they told me something else, and I found out later it wasn't what they told you. That's why I'm up here blessing them and praying over them, because they told me they had good intentions, and then they go tell you later, two weeks later, that this is the real reason they left. They're liars, and I'm glad they're gone. Because they know better. Because they've had Holy Ghost power for 20 years, and they're going to be in hell one day if they don't repent. Hey, I'm going to heaven. I fix me. I got a pastor in my life. I know how to cry and repent. I know I confess when I'm wrong. I know how to take criticism. I can take it. Don't be uncomfortable yet. We're not even started yet. Some of y'all are like, oh, I'm, oh, I'm getting sick, pastor. I feel a little fever coming on. Repent. You won't have to get sick. I had a grown man. Weep with me during my sickness and tell me he was for me and I was his pastor. Leave because his wife wanted to. Never even gave me the decency of a meeting. It's part of the job. A grown man looking in the eye with tears in his eyes saying, I'm for you during the toughest time of your life just to have his wife get upset about something. And because she wants to go, he was not in charge of his home. That's a Jezebel spirit. That's a woman trying to get control over the king of the home. And it's anti-God. It's anti-biblical. The man was doing just fine. But he had no control of his home. And together we could have partnered together. Together we could have partnered up and we could have got control of that home. But she ran the house like many women today. If the man's trying to live for God and run the house, then let him do it. If he's not, he's some deadbeat. The women do what you got to do. But if that man's trying, listen to him. That's the will of God. And if you don't like what he's doing, tell him to meet with me. If you're going to threaten your husband, threaten him to talk to me. I'll leave you if you don't talk to the pastor. I'll meet with him because I don't want you to leave. I want you to stay married. That's the will of God.
It seems that most of the negative situations were probably because of me. And that's probably the way it should be. I'm the pastor. I should be the one to lose sleep. It's my job to take the pain and suffering. I'm glad it's not a bunch of saints in the church causing trouble. I'm glad it's me causing trouble. That's, that's wisdom talking, sister. She knows before you have a good revival, you sometimes have to dig out all the leaven. She knows it. That's years of experience right there. That's a woman right there who's seen a generation fail because guys didn't do what I'm doing right now. And she likes this kind of preaching. Yep, that's right. Let's keep going. I desire when someone wants to leave to pray and bless them and send them. And that's what I will do if people do it on good terms and they tell me that they want to transfer or go. I say, well, in Jesus, and by the way, once you tell me you want to go, don't, don't ask my opinion about it because you already told me you're going. I don't really, really want you now anyway because you don't want me. So it's, I don't want to offend you. I don't want to beg you to stay. So if, you're, if the will of God is for you to go and you're telling me, then I'm going to say, okay. I hope you're right. Be better to probably ask the current pastor you have. Since you trust the pastor with your soul, that makes more sense. Yeah, leave in good standing. And I pray and I bless you. And I want you to be blessed. Even if I disagree with you, I want you to be blessed. I want you to leave in good reputation. I don't want anybody to think about you poorly because we've got to go to heaven together. I'll carry some of that to my grave. But those people don't give me the same courtesy sometimes. And I'm not going to go around telling everybody the real problem. But you'll hear it. Because they don't have the same standard of ethics I do. So you will hear negative about me and never hear the other side of the story from me. And you've got to make your mind up who you're going to believe. The one that's in the ministry with the fruit or the saint that's mad all the time transferring churches all the time. And you will be the one to receive the penalty of your choice. Not me. We're going to go on and have revival. We're going to go on and reach the next person and baptize the next person. If you want to listen to some liar and deceiver and mess up your family and your kids, that's your choice. But you need to think a little bit about it and say, did the pastor really do it that way? Is it really that bad? If it's that, if it's that true, how's he not kicked out by now? It doesn't make any sense. No, there's always more to the story than what you hear. And it just takes wisdom and prayer. And when you hear gossip, go pray about it. God's not a liar. Let every man be a liar, but not God. God doesn't lie. If you don't know who's telling the truth, pray about it. What's the point of the Holy Ghost? Don't make a life move without hearing from God. Someone could be lying to you. Is it not in the Bible, D.C.? Wolves are going to rise up. Men are going to rise up to pull you away. Y'all, this is not, it's only weird to you because we don't do more of it. Because we got preachers and not pastors. I grew up with a pastor. I grew up with a pastor getting up and telling the truth in the pulpit. I grew up with a pastor, not just a fancy preacher. I remember one day, 
we were, <laughs> we were in the sanctuary practicing for a drama we were doing. And in the video, some kids were getting drunk, and they die in a car wreck, and there was ACDC playing in the background in the church sanctuary. 60-year-old pastor walks in, preached in a conference several times, high up in the kingdom of God, prophet of God. He walks in out of his office, here's ACDC rocking in the sanctuary, and said, shut that off right now, not in the house of God. He was willing to split the church over it. He was willing to offend every one of us. He could care less because he's going to protect the flock. He scared the fire out of me that day. But you know what? I'm a preacher today because that man of God taught me that the things of God are holy and righteous and they matter and they're worth fighting for. They're worth offending over. Gays, lesbians, all that movement out there is not afraid to offend us. And they're winning. Not afraid to offend us. They don't care what we think. They believe in it so strongly that they're willing to offend everyone and lose their families over it. Whole family's Christian. Whole family says, that no, sweetheart, you're a girl, you're a girl, and you're so mad that people believe it's so much of a lie. They say, no, I'm really a boy, and I'm going to leave my whole family the rest of my life and be a loner because I believe it so strong. Where will the saints rise up with a belief in Jesus so strong that who cares what your family thinks or does? I'm in this thing. I'm strong. I'm believer. I'll give it all up for this. Willing to offend everybody. Y'all good so far? Look, when the new folks are rising up, clapping for me, some of you have been holding the Holy Ghost 30 years and I'm standing judgment besides that. Don't let the new folks have more revelation than you. So I've learned a lot about pastoring the last four years. I've learned that saints can be, can be the worst snakes. They can be amazing and they can be the worst snakes. I've learned that saints need a strong voice of truth in their life if they're going to make it. Y'all, it's the truth. I've come, to, I've come to realization that we have too many weak saints and that are deceived and backslid because the pastor won't get up and give them at least the grace of saying the truth to them because you're going to be offended no matter what. You're going to get mad no matter what. You're going to leave no matter what. You might as well leave with truth. There's a chance you'll repent down the road of the next church if you'll leave with truth. And I have, I have made my mind up that what's wrong today in this deceiving hour is there's not enough pastor in pastor. And there needs to be more of it. Well, pastor, what about our guests today? What are they getting? No, trust me, they're loving this. You know why? Because nobody loves them like this. Tell me somebody who will give this much pain and suffering to love you and help you and get you to heaven for free because almost every guest comes in not given a dime, and we still love them, baptize them, and serve them for free. It's the love of God, and they don't have anybody like that. Their own mom and daddy left them. Nobody was ever there for them, and they love. They're looking for blessing. The world is hungry for truth and for fathers and for men to rise up. I've learned people need me to be their pastor, not just a preacher. And that's what I've got to be. I said they need it, not they want it. 
because I don't like getting rebuked. Oh, I don't like getting corrected. It's, it makes me feel bad. But I need it. I need it like I need a dentist. I don't want it, but I need it. See, the relationship between me and you is so special because you, you, you might not always want me, but you better always need me. You better wake up in the morning and say, you know, sometimes yeah, I, don't, I don't like that, but I need it. I need it to go to heaven. I need it to make it in this crazy world. I don't always like the way he does it, but it's right. It's true. He, he's telling the truth, and he could do it a little nicer, but he could use a little bit more of that, that stuff before, you, you know, the deadener. A little bit more of that deadener would be nice, but, hey, I need it done. Yeah. A real pastor defends the saints from the lies and from Satan. Like a, a shepherd with sheep, the Bible says. As a pastor, I keep you fed. I'm feeding you right now. I'm giving you some good information that's going to bless you today. I keep you together. That's what the shepherd does. He keeps you together. Come on, everybody stay together. How come you miss church? Stay together. Where are you at Wednesday night? Come together. The shepherd says come together. The shepherd says stop missing church so much. Let's get together. Hey, the evangelists don't care. I care. Why are you checking on me? Why do you care when I miss church? I'm the shepherd. I'm supposed to keep you together. As long as you're part of the flock, I expect you to be with the flock. So I'm not the weird one you are. I'm doing my job. It's weird when you don't, when you think I shouldn't do it. Puts little red flags up for me. Sheep love the pastor. Wolves hate the pastor. Do you love me? Because wolves hate Wolves and sheep club that like they love me when they want to get close to you. Oh, he's a great pastor. Two weeks later, but there's some things that. And they weasel into your life. It's one of them stand up kind of messages, huh? Wow, that's. I haven't had many of those. I've been hated by a few, I've been loved by others. My health condition took a toll on me the last several years. We hit COVID in this church. I was adjusting to be a brand new young pastor, but I feel a shift happening now. I'm ready to pastor now. I'm ready to stand up and fight for what's right. I've seen too many people deceived. I've seen too many people believe a lie, and you know what? They're not blessed. I like to make my decisions slow. And I've been watching this four-year thing that God has had me in. And the people that have gone against me aren't happy. They're just as miserable as they were before. They're not married now. They're still single. They still got attitude problems. Yeah. Their ministries haven't taken off and blossomed. When will we figure this out? It's hurting you if I don't step up and say something. 
But the people close to me, listen, are blessed. I tell you right now, Sister Alana, I wouldn't be giving you a cent if you had a bad spirit. But because you have a good spirit, because you say, yes, sir, Pastor, and I just, I'm here to serve, and because your spirit's right. A thousand dollars was yours. Because I trust that. She's blessed because she has the right spirit. She's submissive. You can feel it. It's not fake. It's not over the top. It's not just what I'm watching. It's sincere. You can tell a difference. She's not trying to get something from you. It's because that's her heart. And that's why God wants to use her. I wanted to make it very clear today that I did not pick myself. But Bishop thought it was the will of God to have me come and preach here. And the church thought it was the will of God to join him and vote me in as the pastor. I am here today because God put me here. I did not put myself here. I did not rally for this position. I did not call Bishop and say, I'm hoping for you to retire soon. Are you getting old? Looking forward to that. I didn't say anything like that. When he decided to go, I begged him to stay. I was like, no, I mean, you can stay. I don't want you to go. That, that has not been my spirit. God picked me, and when God picked me, he anointed me. Not because I'm better than anybody else, because apparently I can hold this gift. Apparently I can stay standing when the pressure comes. I must have some level of faith about me and some level of gifting to me that I can do this job. And God has anointed me to do everything that's supernatural that I cannot do naturally. This is a God thing. I am a flawed man, but God is not. If you believe that God picks men and sets up men, you trust the God behind the man, not the man. Yeah. Amen. So let me pastor a little bit today. We normally do what we believe. If you believe it, you do it. If you believe in Bluebell, you eat it. Anybody like the Bluebell, Bluebell spirit here? Trying to get the, some of y'all are getting sad. I'm going to lift your spirits. Cookies and cream, cookies and cream. I love cookies and cream. That's my go-to. If you believe in a Ford truck, you drive one. You don't, you don't say, oh, I love those Fords. I drive a Dodge. <laughs> Unless you can't afford one. It's <laughs> a bad joke. Afford one. What you believe in, you naturally do it. If you, if you believe someone's mean to you, you, normally they can tell. If you believe someone is, you don't like them, you, you can kind of feel it. Normally, what you believe deep in your heart is the way you live. You, you, you show out what you believe. That's why some of you struggle with worship. You don't truly believe. What you believe shows up in prayer. If you don't pray, you don't believe. That's it. You don't believe, he hears you. You don't believe, it works. If you don't believe, you don't do it. But there is one, there's one difference. There are people that believe and still don't do it. Even the devils believe there's one God. 
The devil believes in God and still acts like a devil. It is possible for you to know you're wrong for selfish gain and trick everybody in the church. It's possible. Satan showed us that. Satan believes in God, but he doesn't believe he should serve God. He wants to be God. He wants to be lifted up like God. He wants to challenge God. He wants to be equal with God. But he can't. Even though he tries, Satan can't. The Bible says Satan appears as an angel of light. Satan is demonic on the inside and pretty on the outside. Satanic spirits move through pretty Christian people. Stop being deceived by men in suits and women in skirts. Well, they dance. They must have the Holy Ghost. No. No. You can dance with no Holy Ghost. You did it at the bar. So the question is, church family, why would we fake it? Why would we try to be different than what we believe? Because of the short-term benefits of tricking people and getting your will accomplished. Deception is the trick that gets you to gain and others to lose. It's a power tool people use for personal gain. Why would they do it? Because they're selfish. Why would you sneak and lie and gossip? Because you're selfish. And you want to get one up on somebody. Yeah. You can fake it to gain trust with people. You can act like you like Bluebell just to get close to their wallet. Oh, that guy's rich. Oh, you eating Bluebell? I love Bluebell. Slide on up. Try to find something in common with them. Oh, you like God? I like God. Oh, you like the pastor? I like the pastor. Oh, you like the church? I like the church too. They got to say that to trick you. If they were like, I don't like none of y'all, the pastor, the church, or God, but let's be friends. It wouldn't work. Look, the people that try to get close to you and they look like they're over the top weird, ask yourself, what do you what do you want? Want? You know you've been there whenever the husband comes home and he's like, baby, you're looking good today, baby. Oh, baby, this house looks good. Oh, baby. Oh, baby, you're looking so good today. You know you've been there. You know what she says when you go over the top? Because when you go over the top, it seems like you're trying to trick me. It's not organic. It's not natural. It's not daily. It's, it's, just, it's just something sneaky about it. Watch out for people like that. Watch out, Ladies, watch out for the boy who just goes over the top how pretty you are. Hey, look, if he thinks you're pretty, he'll go get a job. He, he won't try to touch you. Y'all... There is so much deception in this hour. We need, we need a pastor to rise up. There's so many lying people in this hour. We need somebody with truth to step up and say lies. Fake. 
hypocrite snake. It's the hour of deception. Where are the truth tellers? Where are those willing to step up and offend people to protect the innocent? Does anybody need a pastor in your life? You know, you can be undercover in a gang. What's up, homie? Where's the drugs? I'm one of yous. Blankety, blankety. Yo, this cat's cool, dude. Show him where the stash is. We've known Enrique three days. You can't tell him where the stash is. Sorry, Chris. We've known where Chris is. David. Let's use a white guy's name. Where's it going to be, Enrique? Y'all seen the movies? How many white dudes in Chicago? Were going, hey, what's up, man? Hey. Y'all the racist ones. <laughs> you can be undercover and, and be faking it the whole time. They're undercover saints. They know they have to act like a saint to fit in here because you don't do well in a church acting like a devil. So you have to fake it. But it's not who you are. You're just trying to fit in. Got to watch out, saints. Protect your kids. Protect your families from people who look like they have it, but they really don't. You don't even know them yet. You barely met them. My Lord. I heard a story one time. We had some new converts come to church, and one of our saints actually told them that, that, that about about me and my wife and how and how we had we had we were not that great. And they just kind of began to talk about how we to a new convert. Heard about that years after. It's amazing. People you shake hands with every week, and I know who they are. And I still pray for them and love them and hug them and, because that's the God way. That's the God way. You can be undercover in church and be a snake. And we have to be careful, the Bible warns, of false prophets, wolves in sheep's clothing. A suit and tie means nothing to me. A dress and long hair means nothing to me. Stop being so gullible. Nice car, nice house, nice smile, straight teeth. Stop all that. Y'all, gullible's written on the ceiling. How many of y'all looked up? Raise your hand. I'm preaching to you. Let me give you a few tips today before we close. Y'all good so far? We good? Y'all hanging with me today? Good. Thank you for your love and support. To protect yourself, always ask the question, what do they have to gain? Always ask that question. You want to be close to me. You want to be my friend. What do you have to gain from this relationship? Is it one-sided? Are you, are you sweet-talking me and I'm giving money? Is it words for money? Is it words for time? Is it words for a place to stay? Is all you have to offer me words? Smiles? Kisses? It's kind of like prostitution. 
Is that all you have to offer is just a personality? What am I getting in exchange for the relationship of all the things I'm giving up for you? What am I getting besides just a nice, smooth-talking salesman? Is it mutual? There could be a snake close by. Jesus' name. The question is, is the pastor trying to trick me? Is he, does he know what he's talking about? Why would I take the risk of telling you the truth and offending you? When my job is to make you happy and grow the number of constituents on the pews, increase the giving, and so I can just be a rich preacher. Why would I risk offending you then? You know, the greatest way to know I'm not out for your money is when I offend you. Hey, there's pastors that will never touch a big tithe fair, no matter what they do in the church wrong, because he pads his wallet. The greatest way to know you have a pastor that loves you is whenever you have to be talked to about what you're doing wrong. And if I've offended you, I've proven I love you more than your money. There are churches that will never touch you because they have big buildings and bills to pay for. There are pastors that will never say a thing in the pulpit. It's just rosy and peachy. Every time you preach your best life now, get the good job and pay your tithes because they care nothing about you. They care about themselves. They're not pastors. They're preachers. Making $3,000 an hour. Proverbs 27 and 5, open rebuke is better than secret love. Faithful are the wounds of a friend, but the kisses of an enemy are deceitful. How do you know you can trust a pastor? Because he's not always kissing you. I want to find me one that kisses me all the time. No, you don't. No, you don't. Especially if you're a man and you've got a wife here. No, you don't. I'm the pastor. I'm not just the preacher. And I love you enough to wound you sometimes. Here's a warning today for the secret saints. You can only fake it so long before you get caught. Let me say it again. I want to make sure you hear me. You can only fake it so long before you get caught. Time reveals the truth. If I'm a snake, it's going to come out in time. Been here six years so far. Church is still going up. If you, if you hear gossip, you hear something, you don't have trust, wait it out. Truth will re be revealed. You can only fake so long. Be sure your sins will find you out. It will have, you know why? Because you can only fake and be a hypocrite so long. You can only carry the ax so long. You can only pretend so long before your guard begins to come down. You can only hide your computer, what you see on your computer so long, guys, before you leave something up one day for your wife to find. Did it five years, you did great, you, you hit it, all that, but then after five years, I'm telling you, one day's going to come where you think, well, she's never checked it, I'm good. I can leave it out on the coffee table. That's the day you get caught. Be sure your hypocrisy will eventually come to the surface. 
This is why you meet someone, and then two years later, you get to know them a little bit, and it's like, they seem like a completely different person. Because, that's right, Rita, because the person that you first met was not that person. Kind of like the person you married was really good to you before you tied the knot. And then whenever they locked it down, they changed. You see, you can only hold that, that acting skit so long before the real you comes out. And what happens in church is people that are snakes only have about a two, three, four-year window before they start to get caught. And what happens when you catch a deceiver in the church? You don't trust them again. So what do you do when you're a deceiver getting caught, getting called out by the pastor? You have to double down. You have to smear the pastor and the saints and the church to save your own trustworthiness. Because you don't want to come repent, confess your wrong, and regain your reputation the right way. You smear everything that came against you to all your friends on the way out the door. And you're a liar. Because you can't prove anything that you just said. Guarantee you, you won't find evidence for it. Not afraid of it one bit. Because you're mad and you're angry, and I know what we do when we're mad and angry. You demonize the one that told you the truth. And that's what happens. But time reveals the truth. People are smarter today. We've got to be more careful. Satan has been busy teaching people how to lie and deceive and smile and say one thing here and one thing there. And this is how you can think you know saints and your best friends one year and all of a sudden you're like, I can't believe this is happening. I thought we were friends. because You didn't know them. Be careful who you're friends with. Be careful who you build relationships with. And I've got a question for you. How did you stay friends with a snake so long? not catch it unless you have a little snake in you too. You are who you run with. You know, I'm pastoring today. I'm not, try, I'm not trying to preach in a conference. I'm not trying to. I'm pastoring, y'all. I'm nobody. You know what? You know what this four years has taught me? I can do nothing without Jesus. It's too big for me. Your problems are too much. This four years have taught me that if I don't have him in my life, if he's not flowing through me and giving me a word and a counsel and a wisdom, I can't help anybody. This is his church. He said, I will build my church. He's building his church. I'm just a part of the plan. I'm just one voice. I'm just one part of it. I can do nothing. I'm a nobody. He gets all the glory. So listen to me. Hypocrisy is tiring. You get tired of playing the hypocrite. You get tired of acting like you're a good saint. Eventually you start getting caught and you start thinking about, how can I jump ship? How can I save face? He's on to me now. Instead of confessing and repenting and getting right with God and the pastor, you start looking for a good road out to save your reputation. You know what? You'll probably be fine. Eventually, go to the next church, repent, 
maybe backslide, hit rock bottom, get cancer. God has to take you to the altar. You you go to heaven. Maybe that'll happen for you. But think what you could have if you'd have just had a five-minute conversation with me. Said, yes, sir, I'll go work on that. You could have avoided all this. Is that really that hard? No, it's your pride. It's your pride. Because everyone who's listened to my spiritual advice has been blessed. I can go track it down. I can give you phone numbers. That's how this works. That's pastoring for you. Some people... Musicians, you can get ready. Some people are not intentional deceivers, church family. Did you know that some people are good people, they've just been deceived? Some people got caught up in the gossip and they mean well. Stay focused. I know the musicians are getting ready. Some people are not deceivers, they just believe a lie. And they're spreading a lie. And they don't mean to hurt you. Don't call every deceptive news. Don't label the person a deceiver. Some people are just ignorant. Some people are gullible and shallow and immature. And they think because this brother has been had the Holy Ghost for 50 years that you can believe everything he says. And they believe it as truth without the pastor's approval, without the Bible's approval, without praying about it. And they spread the gossip. And they don't even know. And they're not trying to hurt anybody. They really mean well. In fact, as soon as you tell them the truth, they'll repent and make it right. There are people in the kingdom that are deceived. And they need a pastor to step up and say, that's not right. It's not right. I had a dear couple tell me one time they were going to go change churches because they wanted to prepare for future ministry plans that they had. And since then, they've already changed churches again. They lied. That was a smooth way of trying to get out. I wish them well. I don't want anything bad to happen to them. But it's just sad. Because people will lie to the preacher's face. These are people that hang out with you and sit with you and your friends and you eat dinner. It's a sad thing, but you know what? I found out later they were the product of gossip. I found out later that there were people in the church talking to them, and they believed it. They believed some saint who could barely pray over the pastor. And that's going to probably hurt them. It won't hurt me, at least it only hurts me on the inside. Who you listen to, church family, will determine your destiny. Literally, the voice you let in your life will change your destiny. Who you believe changes everything about you. You do what you believe. Now, gossip is a sin, and you will probably never, just the church will probably never conquer it completely. There's always going to be somebody saying something. There's a gray area. But it is a sin. But you know what? The good thing about gossip, the only good thing about gossip is it reveals who the fake saints are. Gossip reveals the truth 
about the loyalty of the people of the church. And when you catch someone gossiping, mark them. Reveal it. Say, let's go talk to them right now and find out. You know why you won't go do that? Because you like the secret insider information. Some of y'all are like, I just don't know why everybody comes to me. I know why. Because you've never looked them in the eyeballs and said, you're a gossiper. It's a sin. And we're going to go talk to pastor right now. You know why you won't do that? Because you'd rather have their favor than mine. That's the truth. And we're hurting people in the kingdom. And we're letting that spirit destroy new people and innocent people and new converts and saints that mean well because we need to have a pastor's voice rise up like this one and say, never again. When you take anyone's word over mine, you just found out I was not your pastor. That's okay. Don't have to be your pastor. That's your choice. It's your choice. But it's still the truth. When you believe anyone else in the church over my voice, the sheep know the shepherd's voice. That means you know the difference in the shepherd's voice and the deceiving wolves among you. And that's why our relationship is the closest of the fivefold ministry. Because the pastor lives with the sheep. We know each other really well. And this can be good and bad because some of you guys up here have already been offended by me. Because I'm still a man. Even though I'm your pastor. And you know I'm really their pastor when they can forgive me for being a man and still see the anointing on me. To still know that God could use me to speak in their lives even though I'm just a flawed man. That's when you know you've got a pastor. Gentlemen, you put more faith in the God that called me than me. He doesn't make mistakes. I make mistakes. But God doesn't make mistakes. And there's nothing God can't fix in the church. And there's no relationship God can't mend in the church. And there's no saint that can't be restored back to saint and pastor to saint. Because with prayer and fasting and time together, we can fix anything. We're the church. We're the body of Christ. We've got healing in our limbs. We can fix anything that's wrong between us. Listen, anybody over me, I'm just going to tell you right now, I'm not your pastor. I'm glad you come to church. I'm not trying to kick you out, but I just want you to know, you're not covered. The pastor is a covering. He pulls the sheep in close and says, watch out for the wolves. And when you're listening to someone over my voice and you do what they say, when you do what your kids say over me, your kid's your pastor. I want to go this way. I want to do that. I want this phone. The pastor said we should probably give some ties. But the kid says he needs new soccer shoes. Your kid's your pastor. Not your pastor. I want to be your pastor. 
I want to help you and get you to heaven. But you just got to know who you are so you can either fix it, get it right. Let me hurry. I'm almost done. You can trust the people that God tells you to trust. Let me ask you a question. If, if God brought you here to this church, that means God wanted me to be your pastor. It really is that simple. You know what? You don't pick churches. That's impossible. It's only one church. All right? There's only one church, y'all. The Bible does not say there's multiple churches. There's one church. There are multiple elders. Spread throughout this city, there are elders. There's great men of God in this area. No doubt about it. I'm just one of the men. And when God calls you to this church, it's impossible to be called to a congregation because these people are not your pastor. I felt led to this church. No, that's not how you should say it. That's wrong. That's not biblical. I felt led to your pastorship. Because I came here and I felt called to be here. But listen, the only thing that makes sense about our relationship and you being here is between me and you. Sure, the saints will be a blessing. But, but I'm the voice of authority in your life. And when you submit under my ministry, that's when you're blessed. Not when you have a friend. Not when you come worship beside someone. Your covering comes from your pastor. So it's impossible to come visit church and be like, I like the music. You might not like me. You need to have a desire to have a pastor in your life and not just want to come to church, but to have someone speak into your life. So that the devil can't get a foothold. So that the enemy can't slide in. So that hypocrites can't take you away. So that the, the people that are, that are in false doctrine can't trick your mind. You need to have a pastor closer than any saint in the church. God brought you here. He did not bring you here to ignore me. I promise you that. We have had people, gentlemen, move to this church because they liked our church or they had friends in it. Not because they wanted me as their pastor. I was the consolation prize. And they had to put up with me. And that's why they're not here anymore. Because if you're not coming here to have my covering and authority to bless your life, then you won't last long. It will divide us. It will divide relationships, families, and friends. That's why you all agree to have one pastor. That's how we stay safe. That's how we get this done. That's how we make sure we're right. We're unified. And that's why talking about me to someone in the church is one of the worst things that will ever happen in this church. I didn't say you couldn't talk about me. I said you can't talk about me to someone else. You can talk about me to God and to my face. I deserve to have you look me in the eye and tell me I offended you. I deserve that. That's the God way. And the power of the Holy Ghost will give you courage to do it if you're scared. And I won't bite you. You know, humility brings out humility. 
And when people rise up to try to fight me, it makes me want to fight them. But when people come up tenderly with submission in their spirit and say, Pastor, I love you so much. That was a harsh message on Sunday. You think I'm going to slap them across the face? No, I'm going to say, man, I love you so much. Thank you for taking time to come talk to me. Thank you for not gossiping about me like others. Thank you for coming and telling me. Let's pray about this and work this out. That's how you work it out. That's how we keep the church strong. So the church is not your pastor. The church makes up all those who are called out of darkness into marvelous light. You don't pick a church. You don't pick a church. You pick a pastor. When you join AFC, you join me. That's the only way this works healthy for you and healthy for me. People who just come for years and they're not giving any tithing, which is proving that you're not in the church, proving you're not all in. Some of y'all, I can't afford it. It's 10% of what you make. You don't make it, you don't give it. So that means God blesses you, you can give it. Some of you need to pray this prayer. God, I can't afford it. My bills are messed up. You know, I'm going to start a little bit. I'm going to work my way in. And if you'll bless me, I'll give. God will bless you. Do what you can, what you have, and God will give you more. He will. He'll give you plenty. But you come to church, and, and you're not really in, and you're not loyal to me, and people can feel it when they're around you, and it causes a stir, and it causes an undercurrent. It's not the will of God. Please trust me, I don't, I don't want to pressure anyone to stay that doesn't want to, and I never have pressured anybody. But those who have taken my advice, my wife and I's advice, for the most part, I look at their lives and they're just being blessed like crazy. Everything about their walk with God is better. Not me, it's not me. It's the role that God has me in that God speaks through donkeys. That's biblical. I'm not special. I'm not better than any of these guys right here. There's things they do better than me. But God has called me to the kingdom, to this area, to this congregation, to guard and protect the saints of God. And that's what I've got to do. And I hope that you respect it, and I hope that you understand it. I hope that you're not offended by it. And I hope that I can share enough love to make up for any kind of correction. It's not like I have to correct many people. I, I, I really wait to see a pattern before I say anything, but I've got to be a pastor now, church family, because the enemy in this area is so strong. I mean, the darkness in this area is so bad. It's like a thickness in this area. And I've been asking God, what's wrong? And the Lord said, my sheep need a strong voice against the darkness. My people are deceived for the wolves are everywhere. And YouTube videos and family and friends that hold money over you. And your job and your employer who own you with money. They're speaking to you and they've got fear over you. But it's time for the pastor to rise up and say, no, that's a lie. 
There's one way. There's one God. There's one truth. You've got to be holy. You've got to be righteous. You've got to live right. You've got to do it the Bible way. You've got to turn off the voices of lies in your life. You must. Our youth don't need social media. You hear me? Y'all hear me? I'm telling you, this is a wicked day. Our youth do not need social media. Parent your kids. Ask for help. Go on a fast. Some of our 18 and 19 and 20 and 21-year-olds don't need social media. Some of our grown men don't need social media. I deleted my Instagram because they kept wanting to put nasty pictures up. I'm on there trying to do something for the kingdom. Every parent in this church, if I'm your pastor, you ought to go home and delete that junk off the phones. a big church in Mississippi with a Copeland, about 600 people. He got up one day in his church and said, if I'm your pastor, you are not allowed to have social media if you're a teenager, if you're under the age of 18. 600 people. He wasn't afraid. Hey, look, I'm from the hood. I ain't letting no Mississippi preacher outdo me, all right? It might be the neighborhood, but I'm from the hood too. I, I'm not going to let somebody with 600 people get up and not be afraid to speak the truth to his church. I feel the same way. You, you can't guard the stuff they're getting through messaging. Well, I'll just watch. They're so, the kids are so smart. You know how you defeat smart? Draw a boundary that can't be crossed. Black and white. Isn't that right, Brother Hugh? We're going to keep this church clean. I'm not going to have parents calling me up saying, I can't believe my kid has to be exposed to people in the youth group like this. You're exactly right. Not in this church. If you have a kid under the age of 18 in this youth group, they will obey. They will do what we say. They will get right or they will get out of the youth group. I don't care if they're 12. They're not coming to the youth group. I'm telling you right now, if I hear about it, I'm going to get them out of the youth group. We're not putting up with it. We're not going to go on trips. We're not going to do things. Why would I do that and risk making you mad? Because I have to protect you. Someone's got to say it. If you want to have a pastor in your life, would you just come down the front and pray with me for a little bit today? Let's pray for all of us today. You don't have to come. It's fine. No one's going to judge you. But you're going to pray for me. I'm going to pray for you. Because I, I, this is hard. I, it's a miracle of God. That's all it is. It's just the strength of God. If you're new today and you're like, you know what? I like the idea of this pastor thing. I think I want someone like that. It's free of charge. I'm not going to charge a dime. God will. But I won't.
you want a pastor in your life, someone that you can call and, and you have, and 1.30 in the morning I've gotten calls and I've gotten texts and I, I try to answer the phone and I, I wake up and I'm not mad at you because that's what I would want if I were in your shoes. And that's what I've done and that's what I've needed. I understand. But this world is so wicked and if we're going to make it in Austin, if we're going to make it in Austin, all the agenda and all the hell they're pushing. We've got to be safe here. We've got to be getting high together. No room for dissension. No room for unsubmission. Submission. Not for my sake, but for your sake, for the kingdom's sake, for your family's sake. Can we make a commitment today? I promise to confess when I'm wrong if you'll submit. I'll look you in the eyes if I do something wrong and I'll tell you if you won't get mad and leave I'll tell you if I can trust that I can be a man and make a mistake and not be perfect then we can all just be real today we can all be in our place today and we can have revival and we can retain souls y'all the baptistry tank is full but not the church why? because we need health in the body a safe womb, a healthy womb will produce healthy babies. And I think we're at that season, Brother Matthew. I feel in the Holy Ghost. We're at the season now to retain souls, not just to have baptisms, not just to have church transfers, but people from the street and people from loving Austin and people in the neighborhood. It's time to keep them now. It's time to hold on to them. It's time to get them close now. So let's pray that our church will be done the God way. Let's pray. Let's lift our hands right now. I believe someone's going to receive a healing in your body right now. I believe someone's going to receive a blessing in your, in your life right now. Not because of me. Not because of me. Listen, this is his church, not my church. He signed me up. He called me. And he called you too. And he called you to this place. And he called you to join with me. We are a mighty army of God. And we've got a work to do. We've got a world to reach. We've got foreign missions and home missions. We've got kids that need to go to heaven. We've got a work to do. And God's trying to get the church healthy and cleaned up. And it's time to rise up. It's time to fight. It's time to stand for truth and loyalty again. In this crazy hour, God, anoint us right now. Anoint me to be a loving pastor. Anoint me, God, to be a loving protector. Anoint me, God, to love your people so much. I'm willing to tell the truth at any cost, at, the, at keeping me awake at night, at the expense of my own body and my own health, God. Let the church rise up. Let the families be saved. Let us walk on streets of gold one day, shouting your name, because we are the church, and we're clean and righteous and the bride is getting herself ready for heaven one day God let the church rise up and be holy again and stand for truth again God anoint me to be able to give a word of wisdom 
and work in the gifts of the Spirit. Uh, not because of me, not because of me, but because of your people. Because you love your people so much, God. You gave pastors uh, according to your heart. Uh, this is, I am a gift that you gave to the people. And anoint me and use me, God. Unify our church for the next season we're going into, God. Unify our church for the next season that we're going to, God. Let there be unity among us, love among us, trust among us. Oh, God, let us give grace and mercy to each other. Let us lift up those who we find fault with, God. Let every guest come in and find a friend. Find someone that pulls them closer to Jesus. God, let our relationships be stronger than ever. Let people feel the anointing on their lives. Let people feel the power and the blessings over them right now. Let's make commitments right now, church family, all across this place. I want God to bless you. I want God to bless your marriage and get you married if you're single and you want to be married. I want God to give you the right job and give you children. I want God to anoint you and bless you. I want God to make us strong, defending each other, standing up for our children. it's hard to do it, but the more you can submit to me, the more of anointing is going to flow to you. Here's why. You have to be very spiritual to submit to a man like me. You have to be very prayed up to submit to a man. You have to have a lot of trust in God to believe God called you to have a pastor. It takes a lot of humility to take a 39-year-old, almost 40 man and say, I, I will listen to you. Some of you are older than me. It takes a lot of humility to do that. But whenever you can live in that place, God flows through me to bless you and through you to bless others. And I can't explain it, but that's how it works. And my boss, Jesus Christ, he'll protect you from me. He will never let me do anything that would destroy you. Because he has all power, all control. Thank you, Rita. He's got all power, all control over everything. Now I want you to minister with those beside you because the Holy Ghost is about to move today. Find someone beside you right now. The church is ready. The church is clean. In the name of Jesus, we've made some commitments you can receive the Holy Ghost right now. You're going to get baptized in Jesus' name. I believe it's going to happen. There's somebody already ready. Come on, flow in the name of Jesus. Flow in the name of Jesus. Come on, submission produces authority. 
God will use you to preach. God will use you in unloving Austin. God will bless you with children and jobs. When you submit, the flow of the Holy Ghost begins.